We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is going on Tuesday, January the 31st, 2023? Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. We are rocking, we are rolling, we are live here on this final day of January in the 2023 calendar year. I see Stephen Boyle Jr., Jimmy Clark, <clears throat> excuse me, Travi, James Kendall. It is a great day to have sources. James, it is a great day to be the top insider in all of Gamecock Nation. It really is. It feels good to be good, my friend. What's going on? Appreciate y'all. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Guys, first things first, let me go ahead and tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks because TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Of course, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, you can play anything and everything, college sports, pro sports, uh, anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Price Picks. Again, uh, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks. You should as well. So again, go download uh, or go to their website. Use that promo code TSUS at sign up to receive 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you guys. I almost have to take a deep breath this morning because there's a lot going on. We've had a very, very exciting morning, a very busy morning. Uh, some things happening behind the scenes that I will at some point tell you all about that I'm very, uh, very ecstatic about. And so, again, I was, uh, damn, I was getting ready for the show, singing in the shower, getting all hyped up and everything. So I've got to kind of take a deep breath, come down, level it out. Um, let me get into some of these questions in the TDC questions channel, because as we all know, it is Nicholas Harbor day Eve, right? Tomorrow, Nick Harbor will officially make his decision. The announcement is going to be on a special one hour edition of college football live national signing day. That will take place at 1 PM Eastern on ESPN two. So obviously That is during the time in which we normally have the Daily Crow. So what does that mean for tomorrow? Well, folks, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly what that means for tomorrow. There will be some sort of live stream, though, right? There will be something live. As you all know, of course, unfortunately, I cannot share the video 
and share it live here. I can't share the ESPN stream, if you will, because uh, it would go against licensing, copyright, what have you, and they would rip down the video in a heartbeat. So what I'm thinking about doing is either having the video on TV and like I'm watching it and you guys are getting my live reaction to his decision. Uh, we're going to watch it together. I, either way, we're going to watch it together. You guys will be able to see my live reaction. I don't know exactly how I'm going to set that up yet. But uh, James, I think even if you have it on the TV in the background, I think if it's in the shot, because James, you might recall, I don't know, I don't know if you would have recalled, but I did that for the South Carolina, Alabama SEC tournament game in 2021, I believe it was. Or maybe it was, maybe it was last year. Was it? No, maybe it was 2021, I think. I think it was 2021. I think it was 2021, but they ripped it down. So I, I think having it on anywhere, I, I'll check tonight. I don't know exactly what you can and cannot get away with. We'll, we'll have to check. I, I don't know. It would also be really weird because I guess I would be like watching my TV. And I, I don't know. I, I will. I, the, the biggest thing is this. I just don't want us to be live and then have the video ripped down out of nowhere. I am totally fine not monetizing the video if that's what it takes. Um, I think if you don't monetize, I don't know if, if they'll if they'll have a copyright strike or whatever. I don't give a damn about monetizing that video. I really just want the video with the with the reaction, if you will. I want to be able to re react to it live with you all. So trust me, I, I'm, we're going to have something special. TDC is going to rock tomorrow as normal. It's going to rock as normal. I even thought about I even thought about doing TDC eleven to one, and then we'll just continue the stream past one o'clock and stay online for the announcement. I, you know, I guess we could just go noon to two and have like a full reaction to after the announcement. Maybe that, maybe that would work. Um, I don't know, guys. I, I'll let you know. Worst case scenario, we'll just be normal noon to two and we'll react after the fact to the uh, to the Nicholas Harbor announcement. But we will, we will, content bleeding out of the eyeballs for sure. I will double check and see if we can do the TV behind me. I'm all for that. If we can do the TV behind me, I'm all for that, obviously. I've just I've got to just make sure and check and and uh yeah, just make sure that uh you know nothing's gonna get ripped down or we're not gonna get in trouble or anything. So uh Tyler says he commits at 10 a.m. I saw. Is that right, Tyler? I do not believe that is correct because again, ESPN PR tweeted out that their one o'clock, uh their one o'clock Eastern time, college football live national signing day show, Nicholas Harbor will commit during that 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock hour, Tyler. So wherever you saw 10 a.m., that might have been Pacific time or something else. But uh, no, from what we know, it is going to be at 1 p.m. or between 1 and 2, between 1 and 2. Uh, also, guys, really excited today. We got my good friend Chris over from Southeastern 14. He is jumping on the Daily Crow today. And if you don't know about Southeastern 14, they talk everything. It's daily SEC sports coverage um, you know, th there are a few, I'll be honest with you guys, there's few content creators that I really pay attention to when you're in this space and you create your own content, right? I stay so focused and kind of tunnel vision on what we're doing and, and, uh, you know, your time is limited, your energy is limited. And I I'll be honest, but most of the time, the last thing you really want to do after doing your own podcast and doing your own show is go listen to somebody else. I mean, it's just, you know what I mean? You're just kind of spent mentally, right? You, you ask artists and you ask musicians, right? They don't like listen to music in their free time, right? They do that themselves. So there's very few content creators, especially <clears throat> on the sports side of things, that I tune into. But I do enjoy the the banter, the discussion, the breakdowns 
of what Southeastern 14 has to offer. So definitely check them out at 14 Southeastern on Twitter. But we will have Chris over from Southeastern 14 on the show. Very excited to hear his thoughts on everything. South kind of football, baseball, basketball. Again, they cover it all, guys. They're not just football. So we'll touch on a little bit of everything. Obviously, we'll spend most of the time on football, but but definitely want to touch on um, <clears throat> basketball game tonight against Mississippi State and just this season as a whole. And, of course, the Yardcocks, which, by the way, shameless, shameless plug. Check this out. The new Yardcocks baseball comfort colors. We got the we got the Yardcock foam trucker hat here. Loving the new baseball merch, man. Definitely check it out, tsus.store. We also, last night, dropped the Heisman collection. H-E-7-S-M-A-N. I don't think I need to explain the significance of that. So, new merch hitting the store like crazy, guys, every single day over at tsus.store. Dot store. Also, I'm going to be working on our golf collection for all my golfers out there, which basically will just be all the designs are pretty much our most popular designs, I should say, that we have in the store. We will have those on Adidas golf polos and quarter zips for you all. So you can get ready to hit the links this spring, summer, and of course, hit the tailgate as well for those of you who like to sport a nice polo to the games. Uh, anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. The phone lines are open up. We'll take a couple of questions uh, before we get Chris of Southeastern 14 on the show. But again, guys, a really exciting day. Uh, Jonathan Lee says, dude, that Beamer interview on Fan Upstate was trash. Jonathan Lee, wh- how, how do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I, I thought it was a, you know, I thought it was a normal conversation. I'll say this, Jonathan Lee. Um, it, it, it didn't have the dramatics that maybe you were looking for. I don't know if you, you know, I thought maybe Beamer would say something, but it didn't totally shock me. Um, it did not totally shock me that he didn't. You know, it's just one of those things where I think it's it's they just want to let it die. They just want to let it go. I didn't expect Rob Brown, obviously, to bring it up, but I thought maybe Shane Beamer would because I I, I find it fascinating that you know he calls the fan upstate. And, and again, I, I'm you know I want people to know I support Shane Beamer 110. percent I'm just viewing the situation as is for what it is. Right. I just find it fascinating though that he 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 says publicly to the masses that the fan upstate not just mark ryan but the fan upstate is a jv radio station insignificant nobody listens and then he goes on said radio station you see what i'm saying (laughs) so i think beamer's almost way of apologizing quote unquote was going on rob brown's show i don't think we can expect to see shane beamer on uh mark ryan's show anytime soon and unfortunately, I doubt we're going to see Shane Beamer on this show anytime soon, um, which is really crazy when you think about it. That <clears throat> you know, I, I've had my, I've had my takes over the years, and 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 listen, I don't back off of that, right? I'm I'm very happy and proud to be a free thinker, an independent thinking human being who can give give opinions and stand behind them and put my face and my and my name and my voice behind them. Um, so I will not back off of that. I will only double, triple, quadruple down on that to infinity forever. Um, but it is kind of ironic that, you know, Shane Beamer goes on a radio station that he literally puts on blast on social media and that calls him out the way that Mark Ryan did, but someone that is Beamer ball to the moon, totally support uh, behind them 110%. Um, yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. It is. It is. I, listen, I've I've totally embraced my side and my stance and my position, and um, that's not my role. My role is not uh, 
to have Shane Beamer on the show. My role is to give unfiltered opinions and analysis and, and talk ball and talk shit and, and, and do my thing the way we've been doing it. So, But I, obviously, the invitation's there and would love to have Coach Shane Beamer on the show, but uh, don't hold your breath is all I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> um, Brennan M. says, have fun with that tomorrow. I'll be in instrumental analysis lab from 12 to 3. Going to miss the Harvard Committee. Brendan, that sucks. That sucks, Brendan. That sucks. No other way to put it. Um, anyways, I, I thought the combo that Beamer had with Rob Brown was was solid, par for the course. Um, a little boring, I'll be honest with you. And which is why, guys, like I, I don't sweat it. I mean, it's it's I'd love to have Coach Beamer on the show, but a lot of it would probably just be your your pretty typical canned answers, things you've heard on other shows before, things you've heard in press conferences, which is totally fine, but that's just the reality of what it is. Uh, anyways. Justin Lankford says, I'm so ready for South Carolina baseball because our men's basketball squad is in baby steps. Growth mode. Yeah, game day, of course. Tonight, Gamecocks take on Mississippi State. Uh, South Carolina sits as nine-and-a-half-point underdogs in this ball game. You know, I go into it with very low, with virtually no expectations at all. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure many of you probably will not even be tuned in. Would not shock me. I, I think what's... I think what is, um, I think what's going to be interesting is just how does this team respond, right? Because that that Georgia loss feels like a gut punch, right? I mean, it really feels like a gut punch. Like you you, you had that game <clears throat> in your grasp, and you know, um, you know, gave it away. You felt like you gave it away, so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the boys bounce back tonight. Again, nine and a half point underdogs, which it feels like every game at this point, you're a double digit underdog in the ball game. I do have Mississippi State getting the W. I think the Gamecocks will cover. I think at home, you can expect to see this team, you know, put up a fight, show resiliency, but uh, I've got 67 to 60 Mississippi State. Manis says, just finished up listening to the Daily Curve from yesterday. Do you really think defense is that big of a question mark? I'm not saying that Mantis in the sense of, you know, I think the defense is going to be porous, but I think there there's holes that need to be plugged. Um, I think run defense is still a very big question mark. I think you're going to be leaning on a lot of young guys, a lot of freshmen, uh, especially when you look at the edge guys you lost in Jordan Birch and Gilbert Edmond and who steps up in those roles, right? And it's very easy to say, well, this guy was a four-star, this guy was this, but it is a transition, right? There's a difference in just being a four-star high school kid and being a productive college football player, especially at the SEC. So, You've got talented players, but, um, you know, there's certain guys that need to step up. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be an elite defense. I, I think, uh, you know, probably middle of the pack yet again. Uh, and and, I, and I'll bring the question I had going into year two. I'll bring that question to year three as well, is that if you're not generating the turnovers at the rate in which you have the first two seasons, if, that, if the ball's not bouncing your way in that regard, how big of a hit is that for your defense, right? How, how big of a hit is that? And uh, but this is a huge year for Clayton White and his defensive staff, and they and listen, they know that it's a huge huge year for the defense, giving up over 190 yards per game on the ground. Going to be tough to win football games. I mean, the fact that you won eight games this year with that statistic on defense really says a lot about what you did in regards to opportunistic and uh, being opportunistic, I should say, and and, and making big plays. So, um, guys, that being said, we're going to go ahead and close up the phone lines. Like I mentioned, it is a very busy time of year, of course, as is always, right? It never stops. That's the beauty of it. It never stops. That's one of the reasons I love doing what I'm doing. When it comes to Gamecock Nation, it is a day-in, day-out thing. Uh, we are locked in on it. So I'm going to go ahead and close up the phone lines because that being said, we're talking baseball, we're talking basketball, of course, we're talking football, and we're talking National Signing Day as well, which will occur tomorrow. 
And who better to help us? First time appearing on the show than our good friend Chris Lee over at Southeastern 14. Chris, what's going on, my friend? Hey, first time that we've ever gotten a chat, man. I just want to say, first things first, I appreciate you taking the time and really enjoy you guys' work. It's, uh, you know, I stumbled upon you guys this season just on YouTube, checking out some of the the previews and the recaps. And I love the way you guys have, you know, you go into deep dive analysis and you bring up the numbers and uh, the way you guys talk about the games and break things down. And I also love that you guys talk about all the sports as well. So again, Chris, I appreciate you taking the time and it's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah. Anytime. Thank you. We, we do try to cover sec football, baseball, and basketball year round. And it's, it does seem like it's year round for all three of those anymore. Yeah, especially football. You know, it's crazy. Football, yeah. it, le- it used to feel like there was there were pockets of lulls throughout the year. I mean, there really aren't anymore because now you've got transfer no. portal, NIL to fill in the gaps, right, where we used to kind of kind of chill. I mean, it felt like after after championship weekend between that and the bowl games, it was kind of, okay, we're, we're going to pay attention to, to basketball now and some other things, maybe a little bit of recruiting. But, dude, that was like NBA free agency. I mean, it, it's just day after day after day, some new quarterback yeah. or – for South Carolina, you got your running back, got your tight end, got this guy, that guy, whatever, and it makes bowl season very interesting. And uh, but that's why we love it, right? It's it's a it's an all year affair, and then of course the other sports as well. Which I'm a huge baseball guy, and I appreciate you guys' coverage of every single one of the sports. But let's Chris start with the football side of things, of course, because football is king. And I'd love to just get your thoughts overall, high level analysis of South Carolina's 2022 season. Um, the Gamecocks yet again overachieve. If you just look at Vegas, right? Yeah. Um, overachieve in the win total, eight wins. You know, you lose the bowl game, but both teams were sort of shelling themselves. And I was actually down there in Jacksonville. It was a great college football game, right? It was just one of those games that, uh, unfortunately, you were on the losing side. But, I mean, I think all in all, eight and five, especially the way you finish the year. And, and I not so subtly, and I got a lot of crap after the fact, but – you know, I went on record, Chris, and, and said the day before the game, hey, listen, Tennessee, they're going to do whatever they want to South Carolina. Name your score <laughs> game. It's as much as Tennessee wants versus as many as South Carolina can get. And, boy, was I happy to be wrong. And, then of course, the game up there in Death Valley against the arch rival, uh, no team, I feel like, closed the season up on a better note than the way the Gamecocks did. Just your overall impressions from year two of the Shane Beamer era. Well, I always say this. Um, I always trust your your local guys who cover the team more, more than me because we're we're watching a lot of teams. But I go back to when he got there. Right, Will Muschamp didn't seem to leave them in a good place. They lose their their best running back two years ago uh, was you know never well. And you looked they had the quarterback issues in fall camp where they're bringing managers on and all that stuff. And you're going, oh boy. And they get into the season, and it's not going great. And they're playing four quarterbacks, and you don't know who it's going to be. I mean, I thought to get them to a bowl and win a bowl two years ago was – I think the word incredible is overused, but it really I'm, – I'm not sure that wasn't fitting. Mm. And so you follow it up this year. I, I do watch the computers heavily. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. But the computers never really liked this team last year and I, I think everybody thought what you thought that Tennessee would be able to do what Tennessee would do and I'd seen them in Nashville mm. um, a couple weeks before that against Vandy and I just didn't think either team was very good at that point I, I thought Carolina didn't look to me like it was really good on the edges which like you've seen with the elite Carolina defenses were really good there mm. 
And it just seemed to me like it was a season that really wasn't heading anywhere. Maybe they'd seven and six their way into a bowl. For them to go and beat Clemson and Tennessee the way they did. And, you know, bowl games are a crapshoot anymore. You got opt-outs. You got all kinds of stuff. And and I just – that Notre Dame game between both teams, I'm like – I just kind of threw my <laughs> hands up and said, I don't know what's going to happen. But I kind of judged them on the way they finished their season. There were holes in that team. But the one thing about Shane Beamer that I really like is that they buy in, man. They buy in. You see teams that that start quitting late in the season when it's not going well. You see kids. I, I thought that the way he managed that with the, with the running back situation and everything and, and got them to where they got to win, you know, probably the, the, the two biggest wins Carolina's recorded in I don't know how many years back-to-back like that. Uh, that I'm I'm really impressed with him, and he's one of those things where you almost have to. And, and look, part of it's special teams. They're so good on special teams. We look at offense and defense and don't look at that. They make a lot of plays there. Mm-hmm. But I thought the way that he's kept them in there two seasons in a row and finished the way that he has uh, and overachieving. I don't think he even even does it justice to what they've done in November. That that to me has been really impressive. <laughs> Yeah, Chris, and I'll say this too. I, I just something that stood out to me that I want to touch on when you said that uh, you know trust your local guys in regard to the breakdown of analysis or your team. And I, and I, but I will say this: I really do appreciate and value the feedback of folks like yourself that more so have the national perspective because I think sometimes being so close to it, right? You can kind of let your some people yeah. can let their fandom slip into it or get the garnet glasses going and, and and not be able to see the forest and the trees. So when you hear someone from the national perspective, right, that doesn't have the Gamecock blinders on, that also sees, uh, you know, the great things happening in Columbia or is able to be constructive and critical of what's going down. I, I Let me just put it to you this way because I know this is our first combo. I run towards that type of banter. I always tell my audience the beauty's yeah. in the banter. So I, I like to hear the differing perspectives, but it's great to hear, again, you guys see it the same way kind of we do about what he's building. Um, Spencer Rattler, very interesting year for him, right? Again, I, I tuned into a lot of you guys' content, and I will say this, Chris, just to let you know, like, like I'm someone, I'm sure you feel the same way that when you're, you know, when you create your own content, you, you don't tune into a lot of others because it's like you're just constantly yeah. doing it. You don't have the energy. You don't have the time. And so, again, I wanted to compliment you guys because there's very few people I tune into, but I found myself really gravitated towards and enjoying you guys, your banter and conversation. So, like I said, I would – I would tune into the the previews of the games a lot. And you guys, of course, talked a lot about Spencer Rattler, as did everybody else. Yeah. Your thoughts on his season and then the, the decision to come back, um, because it was a what an interesting season, right? What an interesting year. Yeah. Where I, I don't feel like it was all his fault, but the numbers were the numbers. And a crazy stat. I mean, Chris, he threw more touchdowns, six, in that Tennessee game than he had in the entire month of October. I mean, wow. they looked better offensively against Tennessee and Clemson than they did against SC State, against Charlotte. Like, all of a sudden, it clicked late. So, your thoughts on his game, did anything surprise you from the performance of Spencer Rattler and then just his decision to come back, he and Juice Wells, and how big that is for Gamecocks football uh, going into 2023 now? Well, I, I guess you could, shouldn't be totally shocked. I mean, if you want to go – from the approach that once a guy shows he's got something, you always have to figure he's got in his back pocket. And look, if you flash back to two years ago, there there was Heisman talk. And, you know, I know that he's been a lightning rod for criticism. So with that in his back pocket, I, I guess you can't be shocked. The ability's always been there. But, I mean, try to remember, they, they played without Lloyd for the last how many games was it? 
Well, he did appear in the Clemson game, but he wasn't okay. nearly 100%. I mean, he didn't really make an yeah. impact. But it was it was the last – he got hurt in the Missouri game. He got hurt in the Missouri game. So it was the last, I'd say, four or five games. They really didn't have Marshawn Lewis. Almost half the season. Yeah. He, he missed almost half the year. Yeah, and, and I guess the point I'm making with that is that, like – the season wasn't was going okay, but not great. And right. so you got that going, and then you lose your running game, which wasn't great, but it's the best you had. Mm. I mean, to, to turn that around, and especially against Clemson, which was a really good defensive team, I, I just thought the way that he ended his season was was really strong. You, you talk about the touchdown passes. I mean, that's the I, I can't tell you the last time a, a Carolina quarterback put up those kind of numbers against mm. a team like that. I mean, that was a that's ending your season with an exclamation point, I guess, is a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you look at the momentum generated, Chris, after that, and you see in recruiting what South Carolina is doing. And, of course, huge decision tomorrow with Nicholas Harbor tomorrow afternoon. He will make his intentions known. It sounds like it's going to come down to South Carolina and Oregon. But, again, from your perspective, and we all know that the SEC, it's extremely competitive when it comes to recruiting. Yeah. I mean, look at the Gamecocks. They're 18th nationally, but I think they're, like, seventh in the league. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can be in the top 15 in recruiting, and you're not yeah. even cracking the top five in the conference. But uh, your just overall thoughts, again, from your perspective, the momentum that South Carolina has built on the recruiting trail, because that, to me, I think to this point, there are a lot of takeaways in regards to Shane Beamer's tenure, but I think the way they're changing recruiting and you start talking blue chip ratio and mm-hmm. you know just some of the guys they're getting, I mean, I, I could argue that not even Steve Spurrier was really recruiting this way. Um, again, just just your overall thoughts on, on the recruiting efforts, and I guess it really speaks to the overall momentum that you that you talked about that Beamer has built to this point. Well, he he is. I've never met the guy, but he's very likable from afar. And that goes a long way in recruiting. I think the thing that's impressed me is South Carolina is not the biggest state in terms of population. There's a lot of good football players there. But it's one thing to be in a state that's that's not the biggest state and is not Alabama, LSU, Florida level of, of stature. But then you're sharing it with Clemson too, right? Um, you know, with, with what's been you – now we can argue where they are going forward, but what's been a top five – power in college football for basically the last six, seven, eight years, whatever you want to go, that that to me is impressive. And again, he didn't come in with a situation where Will Muschamp had left him with a lot of momentum. Now, we all remember the Spurrier years, so you can always draw back on that and say, look what they can be. And I think the one thing that they've got, I've always thought that the Carolina fan base, I think for what the product they've had, and again, they've had some good years, but I remember that the winless years, they, that fan base would still show up. Um, I don't know how much that matters in recruiting anymore with all those things, but um, that, that probably doesn't hurt at all. But I, I think that given all that he's up against with the population, um, the history, and again, how much does that matter anymore? I don't know. And, and Clemson in your backyard, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Chris, let's switch gears a little bit before we talk about 2023 and just give some way too early thoughts on the season. I'd, I'd love to hear from your vantage point because I'm sure, again, you talk to a lot of different folks of a lot of different fan bases, and and every every fan base believes, right, that their program can be the next Alabama, yeah. can be where Georgia's at, right? I mean, what I'm saying is not foreign to you, right? We all believe that our guy's the guy and we're the next up-and-coming thing. So let me ask you realistically, when you look at South Carolina football, like you mentioned, a program 
that historically not a great track record, does not have a great history. That's just calling it what it is. I mean, if South Carolina, Chris, if they would have won the bowl game, they would have won nine or more games in a season, I believe, for just the seventh or eighth time, something like that, in school history. Like, think about that, how crazy that number is. So when you look at South Carolina football, though, the thing I love about Shane Beamer, I, I think he sees – Carolina football for what it can be, not what it's always been. I think that's something he's selling to recruits, and that's part of that infectious personality we're talking about. But when you look at this program, where do you see the Gamecocks under Shane Beamer? I mean, what, what, what do you think is realistic year-in, year-out expectations, and do you think under his leadership and – and I know it's a really tough question to answer, right, because so many things have to fall your way, and, and there's things we can't even predict that would probably need to happen. But do you think South Carolina can get to the pinnacle? Can they get to winning an SEC championship? I'm not talking about on a year-in, year-out basis, but I know a lot of Gamecock fans, again, of course, they look at their rival up the road and say, why can't we do that? The dynamic's a little bit different because of the conference they're in. But, I, but I'm just curious, again, to hear someone like yourself from your perspective, when you think of the South kind of football program, I mean, do you see them as someone that in a couple of years maybe can be a real contender in the SEC East year-in, year-out? Okay, I'm probably going to give you a, a long winding answer for this, but there's that's a lot to unpack there. Right. Um I'm never the mindset that that because you've always been, you always have to be. Uh, and I'll give you an example in my backyard. Vanderbilt baseball 20 years ago was Vanderbilt might have been worse in baseball than it was in football. Uh no no look, and that is that that's a different sport, right? The the the, the level of competition isn't quite as high. It's although it's well, I mean it is, but it's not it's not the war where your college football, where the, the climb from the bottom to the top is is steeper. But the point I'm making is I've, I've seen that. I saw James Franklin win at Vandy for three years, finish in the top 25 twice. You go back to the first college football rankings a few years ago. Mississippi State was in there. Uh, you saw what Tennessee did a couple years ago after, you know, it's it sure like that football program had been wrecked. Um, let, let's go over to Alabama for a minute, okay? Alabama suddenly doesn't look invincible anymore. Um, I don't think Alabama is going to be the favorite in the West this year. I think that'll be LSU. You see NIL. You see all these things that have changed the landscape. To me, it is it is harder to place an expectation on anybody that it should be anchored to anymore. So I, I guess if I'm taking the optimistic view, and I don't know if this is the right view or it's the wrong view or or what. I don't think any of us know, but. I kind of look at all and just kind of throw up my hands and say, why not? And and you look at the way they closed the season, who they beat, you know, a couple of top 10 teams. Um, is it an uphill climb? Yes. Do you have the advantage that Florida, LSU, Alabama have? No. Um, is there evidence that you can climb to heights that maybe you didn't think you could? Tennessee's a good example. TCU's a good example. Um, I, I don't know what the right answer is, but it seems to me like it's a lot more open for discussion than, than it used to be. I don't know if that's a great answer or not, but that's kind of how I see it. No, I think it's fair because, again, it's it's almost impossible to predict because I, I tell Gamecock fans all the time that, um, listen, I, I don't think Georgia's going away. <laughs> it, it's hard no, for me to even no. fathom Georgia not being good at football. Like, I, I just don't see it ever again. I mean, maybe it will, but – I don't know what's going to stop Kirby Smart and the dogs. Um, moving forward again to 2023. Again, it's way too early prediction season, right, Chris, with these top 25s and predictions and what have you. So I'm certainly not asking you to lock in any any pick. But um, 
you know, Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells are back. The two gentlemen that really you yeah. could argue they they single handedly uh, constructed the final two weeks of that season, the 2022 season. And I feel like now with their return, the Gamecocks go from if they hadn't come back, kind of a fringe bowl team, to now I think this is a team, Chris, that could win nine, maybe dare I say, ten games. I mean, the first half of the schedule is is daunting. It'll tell us a lot. You open up with UNC, you got to go to Athens, you got to go to Knoxville. Hey, you got to go to College Station all in the same year. You got to go to Mizzou, a team you haven't beaten in four years. But I do think the opportunity is there to at minimum hit last year's win total and possibly surpass that. Again, way too early. How do you view this South Carolina football team uh, this fall? Well, two things. They they did add a couple of productive pass catchers from Western Kentucky and Memphis. So they they mitigated some of the losses a little bit. Uh, the schedule, like you said off the bat, is is pretty tough. But again, I go back to the last two years. Uh, things weren't looking great at midseason either year, and they finished, I think, stronger than probably even the most optimistic people in your backyard mm-hmm. would have figured. So it, finishing strong, to me, is, is a big thing in this day and age. If you can, as a coach, keep a team together with all the distractions – that, that's a big thing that he's got in his corner. Um, you know, losing those two two DBs really hurts. Um, and, and I think they've got to get better on defense, you know, maybe a little more speed. Maybe maybe they fix some of that on Wednesday. We'll wait and see. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's very hard for me to get a, a beat on it. I, I think that right now Georgia's won – Tennessee's two. I want to see what Kentucky does. Their offensive line was so bad a year ago. It just mm-hmm. obliterated a lot of the things that they did well. And, and bringing Liam Cohen back is, is probably going to right a lot of wrongs there. And, and having a more expensive – excuse me, expensive. Uh, Maybe may expensive. Uh, a more experienced offensive line is, is probably going to help them too. But, I mean, I, I don't see why – Three three would seem realistic, and and it probably that depends on what you think of Tennessee. I'm probably a little higher on Tennessee than most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know many Gamecock fans would would point to last year's result, but going to Knoxville, they're going to have revenge on their mind. Yeah. And I do agree with you. I think Heupel, his offense. I think this is just again my my projection. Uh, I feel like their offense is going to be so quarterback friendly. You're going to see a lot of quarterbacks put up some really big numbers, and therefore yeah. they're going to put up a lot of points and. You're pretty much going to have to outscore Tennessee if you're going to beat them, on, on a, unless you've got a defense like a Georgia or like one of the elites, if you will. Uh, Chris, moving off of football really quickly, again, I appreciate you being gracious with the time. Uh, I do want to touch on basketball. Uh, South kind of takes on Mississippi State tonight, but really the overall outlook of the season, year one of Lamont Paris, uh, it's been rough. I mean, there's just no other way to put yeah. it. you got G.G. Jackson outside of that. Uh, you know, you're looking for answers. Hayden Brown has a nice game for you on Saturday night against the Georgia Bulldogs, but that's really a game. I mean, gosh, Chris, you're up 12 points in the second half. And I know the referees down the stretch were terrible, but should have never came down to it. South Carolina just gave that game away. And, uh, you know, I've been preaching, Chris, that this is just sort of a – just almost like year zero for Lamont Paris. Yeah. It's totally a blank slate. You almost – it's almost a gimme year. But, unfortunately, what that means is I feel like kind of – some apathy sort of sets in because there are no expectations for the season. But we find ourselves, you just have to try to draw uh, or look at the small victories or try to draw positives from what you can. Um, your overall thoughts on the state of the Gamecocks basketball program, do you have any thoughts on Lamont Paris? And, you know, I just feel like this is a program that it's it's really at, a, at an interesting place right now, you know, because yeah. you had Frank Martin, somebody who was so highly respected and so many people liked, and a lot of people – 
didn't want the move to go down. And uh, <clears throat> But the expectations are what they are. Or at least I thought the South kind of showed that, hey, making the tournament once in a decade is not good enough. But uh, I, I almost think this is a program that's trying to figure out what its expectations are. You know what I mean? I mean, admittedly, basketball is not your number one sport. I'd argue that college baseball is more popular at South Carolina than is. basketball is. Um, so your just overall thoughts on the state of the program and, and just kind of where they are right now. Well, when, when you're in media covering a team, you, you compare, you tend to compare the team against itself and not spend as much time looking at the landscape of, of everybody. On the other hand, I, I do that. Um, and every season, one thing I do is I will chart everybody's roster. Let's, let's get their 13 scholarship players on paper and see how they stack up against everybody else's. Mm -hmm. And one thing I look at hard is is experience. Like, did you play a lot last year? Or if you were hurt last year, the year before, whatever. And one thing that, that really stood out to me, uh, just about all the SEC teams were adding guys. And, and Carolina did add Hayden Brown, who played a lot of minutes, I think, with the, at the Citadel. Mm. And, it, and it had done well. And sometimes those jumps from those leagues to the SEC work, and sometimes they don't. And he's he's been an okay player for them. He's had some big moments. But the, the thing that jumped out to me is I think that Hayden Brown was the only guy on that roster that had played more than 20 minutes anywhere a year ago. Um, and, and every other team in the league, it seemed like, had at least four or five of those guys. Missouri had a lot of those guys, which – I, I kind of checked that off as look at these guys that might be a team. And, and those guys scored other places too. Um, so when, when I looked at that, it was like, you've got, you get all the other teams, you know, Kentucky had a lot of experience plus the freshmen. You had Missouri, you had Mississippi state had a lot of experience. Yeah. You had a lot of teams. And it was like, you had, you had 13 teams that were here in terms of experience. And then you had Carolina down here kind of below the screen that wasn't intentional but right. it's it's probably fitting I think it's really hard to win when you don't have guys that have been dudes at other places no they've got guys like I, I think they've got four guys who can play pretty well and then the drop off from four to the rest of the roster looks enormous to me um their season has been weird because they they beat Clemson which I, th I think Clemson is still leading the ACC. They they did the thing at Lexington. Yeah. And like some nights when and I think Michi Johnson's their key guy, right? Jackson's mm -hmm. their 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 bell cow and he's clearly their best player. But like when he shows up, when Hayden Brown can give you 10 or 12, um and there's one other guy that I'm it's just escaping me. But they got about four guys who want to give a night. Yeah, Chico Carter, Jacoby Wright. That's guys the one. Are the supporters. Well, Chico, yeah. Chico Carter's, Carter's actually one. leading the SEC in three-point percentage, which is gone under the radar because they've been so bad. <laughs> well, and, and the league is also literally the worst three-point shooting league in the country. <laughs> uh, so that it's it's yeah. a little easier target this year. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Chico Carter, like about two or three times a year, he'll jump up and give made the, you. Made, he's the one that made points. the game-winning shot against uh, Clemson. Sucks. Yes. So. Yeah, and and I think I think that's kind of how you explain it, right? Mm -hmm. Is that if if all those guys click on one given night. They can jump up and beat a good team, but that's a really tough needle to thread. Mm -hmm. And if it starts going wrong and and the other team's got a dude who can guard Jackson and Johnson's not finding its shot, that's how you end up on the other side of of a 40-point blowout. But it's it's been interesting. I just thought before the season they were my pick to finish 14th just because I looked at that and said, hey, you got all these teams that got this experience. And Jackson's a really good player, but he's also a year early. 
And I just thought that was going to be a tough hill for them to climb. So I think your year zero statement that you started with is a pretty fair way to put it. Yeah, and to your point, Chris, I mean, Lamont Paris a couple of weeks ago made the point that for South Carolina to be competitive, just competitive out of the trio of Gigi, Hayden Brown, and Michi Johnson, they needed two of those three guys to play well. I think they need all three to win, play yeah. well to win. And like you said, it's just such a tough needle to thread. You're asking a lot, right? Because the lack of depth is so apparent on a nightly basis. And of course, they'll try to run it up tonight against Mississippi State as nine-and-a-half-point underdogs at CLA. Chris, last thing before I get you out of here, it sounds like you are definitely a big baseball guy. So I'll, I'll just, oh, yeah. you know, not going to ask, you know, necessarily any specifics on the season. We come into a really interesting year from the Gamecock side of things because I think Mark Kingston, I think his seat is uh, fairly warm, if not hot at this point, especially after last year going under 500. I think that was the first time since the mid-'90s that the Gamecocks had done that on the diamond um, but your overall thoughts just on the landscape of the SEC, and I've had a couple of D1 baseball guys on, a fun question as always, and I feel like I know what your answer is going to be. Seven of the top ten in the preseason Ooh. are uh, from the SEC. SEC or the field when it comes to the national championship, and then just top things you're looking forward to in this college baseball season. Oh, SEC, no doubt. I mean, I mean, I, how many, you could, Chris, you could argue the SEC is better in baseball than, than like football because everybody preaches how oh, good it the is. conference is. It no doubt the, the SEC runs baseball straight up. Yeah, it does. I, look, I, I said that before before Tennessee jumped up and became a power. Uh, I think they were already there where it was a tougher league in baseball than it was in anything. Uh, I mean, when's was I think Coastal Carolina was. Well, no, Oregon State won it in what eighteen or nineteen when they beat I think Arkansas. It was 16 but sixteen when Coastal won it, twenty sixteen, I believe. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And then and then OSU, OSU won it a couple years later, I think. But I think the last, I think that was the last time you didn't have an SEC team, at least in the championship game. I mean, you've had three different teams win win it back to back to back in the league. Mm-hmm. One of them, which was Ole Miss, which was the last team to get in the tournament. Um. And I can't remember if you go back before 2016. I, I did this at one point, but it was like several more years before that where the last time where there wasn't an SEC team in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I could remember how I summed this up a year ago, but it was like you had you had the last team in the field won the national title. You had the team that was overwhelmingly dominant all year in Tennessee that didn't make Omaha, and you had four SEC teams in there anyway. That didn't include LSU, which was the the preeminent power and probably the best team, you know, best program in college baseball over the last 30 years or whatever. Their preseason number one, like they didn't get out of a regional. You got Florida, which has won a national title in the last decade, didn't make it to Omaha. Vandy, which has won two national titles in the last decade, didn't make it to Omaha. I mean, you could just go on and on and on. Um it's it's brutal, but it, that's what makes it a lot of fun. And I, I can't wait for it to start in a couple of weeks. Well, and it's a really interesting year, Chris, too, because, again, it sounds like you're really connected to Vandy being in Nashville, I would assume. But it's an interesting year, I think, for programs like, you know, I mentioned South Carolina, of course, but Vanderbilt, Florida, who you feel like, you know, last year, it, it's not like they were bad, but by their standards, yeah. they were down. And they have been down maybe of late. And so, especially I look at Florida, right? Kevin O'Sullivan's squad, like – Per Florida standards, they've been down, right? But yeah, for, for many other schools, they've been really good. So I, I think on the east side of things, it'll be interesting. And, and again, that's just what makes the conference so great is, I mean, just, man, the depth. I mean, it, it's crazy. Like, the entire yeah. west is elite. 
I mean, they're they're in a bad yeah. team in the West. And in the East, I mean, you look at the bottom and it's Mizzou and Kentucky, but those teams can sneak up and get you. I mean, there's no – you know, we saw Kentucky last year beat Tennessee. They were the first ones to do it. So, um, I'm a huge baseball guy, as you can tell. So, I mean, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. And, again, this is – this is just a very big year on our side of things when it comes to uh, because we've got you know listen we're no exception to the high expectations and um, yeah it's it's going to be a very very interesting year in baseball Columbia for sure and uh, hoping to get up to Nashville for that South Carolina Vanderbilt series that'll ha- be happening in April so we'll have to let you know if it happens but Chris appreciate you taking the time and always a pleasure hey be sure let everybody know by the way where they can check out you guys work again I, I kind of stumbled upon you guys. Uh, over the course of the season, was just on YouTube and kind of found the found the page and everything. And I uh, was like, I'd definitely love to chat with these guys and get them on the show. But it's Southeastern 14, but let folks know uh, daily SEC sports coverage, exactly where they can follow along and find all you guys' content. Well, we, we sort of started as a website to cover SEC basketball and, and baseball because we felt from a league level that like mm-hmm. you can get really good coverage of your team in your back. From a league level, it's hard to find a landing mm-hmm. point that, that covered all the teams. And we were going to cover football because, of course, it's the SEC. You have to, but it's such a crowded market. Well, we started a YouTube channel, and and people liked our football coverage enough that that it that it kind of took off. Uh, but we we cover football, baseball, and basketball at a league level, basically nonstop. Um, just to give you an example, um, we did a football live stream last night for an hour on SEC football. Uh, we did talk some Gamecocks this morning. I interviewed uh, Kentucky baseball coach Nick baseball coach Nick Mingione. That was a great interview, so that was a good preview of Kentucky. Uh, right after that, we started doing basketball previews for the games tonight then uh, for Wednesday night. So that's kind of how we roll. We, we cover those three sports wall-to-wall, and most of our stuff is at our YouTube channel. We are boosting up our, our online written content. Uh, we, we've hired some other people this week, but uh, Southeastern 14 on YouTube is where you can find the bulk of our work, and, and I'm really thrilled to hear that you liked it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate y'all. We'll definitely do it again soon. And uh, especially on the baseball side of things, now that I know you're a big baseball guy, we will definitely yeah. run it back and be talking uh, talking baseball all season long. So, again, Chris Lee of Southeastern 14, my man, appreciate you taking the time. We'll definitely chat again soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff from Chris Lee. Again, guys, you guys go check out uh, – Go check out Chris Lee, Southeastern 14. They do a fantastic job, and I really appreciate and value – their insight. Guys, that being said, hey, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first break of the day. On the other side, though, I want to hear from you, your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Here on this Tuesday, the final day of January. Again, I want to say thank you to Chris Lee of Southeastern 14 for taking the time to chat. Really, really great conversation. Again, those, those guys do a fantastic job. So I highly suggest you all check it out. Uh, check out Southeastern 14 and all their coverage of SEC sports. Really, really good stuff. Um, again, just taking a look at some stuff here. Just had some graphics sent over. In case you missed it, Nick Harbor will announce tomorrow, 1 p.m. in the 1 to 2 hour on ESPN2. So we will have some some sort of live tomorrow. Some sort of live. Not exactly sure what we're going to do. 
But we'll be live. You'll see my live reaction and uh, really excited for it. That will be a lot of fun. Um, we'll also have Mark Ryan on the show, 12.15 to 12.45 or so. We'll get his thoughts on everything before the action takes place. And uh, going to be a lot of fun <clears throat> on TBC tomorrow. Uh, again, guys, want to hear from you. 843-790-3377. Bruin Nation says, bro, y'all think our fans were bad when we hired Loggins. I just left the Frank Wright press conference for my Panthers. Phew. The comments are out there. Indeed. I'm sure it is. Um, let's see. Brennan M. No, so there was no guest yesterday. Um, I thought my good friend J.D. Pakel of On3 was going to jump on the live show, but instead we had our conversation right after TDC. And yes, Pakel's combo will now be on Thursday's podcast. Yes, so... You've got it correct. We had Southeastern 14 today, Mark Ryan tomorrow, J.C. Sherbert Thursday, and J.D. Pakel on the Thursday pod. So, content bleeding out the eyeballs, folks. Tons of content for you all. And that's how I like to operate. So, again, um, big game tonight. <laughs> Gamecocks taking on Mississippi State. Y'all looking forward to it or not? I've got 67 to 60. 67 to 60. South Carolina. Um, or excuse me, Mississippi State. I'm picking. I'm picking State to win, not South Carolina. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at something. Um, uh, by the way, I want to. I want to reinforce this because I was asked yesterday. I was asked yesterday on Mark Ryan's show about my thoughts on Nicholas Harbor and the odds that the Gamecocks will land him, and I was asked to give a percentage, right, of how I feel. And I said, or, or give a number out of 10. And I said 7 out of 10. Did I say that he will 110% be a Gamecock? I don't know that for 100%. My gut tells me it is more likely than it's not. I think South Carolina is in great position to land him. And I'll tell you this. If you want to doubt Shane Beamer, then be my guest. Go right ahead. But on my side of things... I look at what Coach Beamer's done, the momentum that he's built, the relationships that he's cultivated, and I say, why not? Why wouldn't he pick the Gamecocks? You know, I, I know Oregon's got a very compelling case. I know what they've got to offer uh, on the football side of things, almost more importantly, the track side of things, the Nike side of things, probably the money side of things. But I think when you look at the opportunity to play football in the SEC, the Gamecocks don't have too shabby of a track program either. And what they'll be able to do for him with NIL and stuff of that nature I think the Gamecocks are in great position to land him. So I, I would still stick by that. I'd say I'm a 7 out of 10, 70%. I'm, I'm not telling you 100%. I'm not, I'm not putting in a crystal ball or anything. But, you know, as the number one Gamecocks insider on the internet, I will tell you, I think he will choose the Gamecocks tomorrow afternoon. So uh, I'm a big-time J journalist. I'm a big-time insider, big purse sources guy. So uh, purse sources, my sources have sources. And those sources say, that Nicholas Harbor is going to be a Gamecock. So go uh, go, go tell who you need to tell. <laughs> I'm going on record. 100%. Nick Harbor will be a Gamecock. Nicholas Harbor is picking the Gamecock. I do have a good feeling about it, though. Sincerely. I do have a good feeling. You know, it's, it's, it's just so funny, though, and kind of how silly it is, really, how it all works. Because I remember when we were going through the G.G. Jackson thing, right? And I said on these airwaves, G.G. Jackson's going to be a Gamecock. Per the number one source, number one insider, 
G.G. Jackson will choose South Carolina. And it was obviously like I said it sarcastically, right? I have a shirt that has insider in quotations. I need to redo that shirt, by the way, because that's a very – I need to, like, make a hat that says insider or person. I need to do that. I will do that. But, like, I, I make light of it, right? Because we get so caught up in purse sources and insiders and stuff like that. But I was getting texts from people when Gigi did pick South Carolina. They were congratulating me. Like, you called it, man. You called it. I'm like, that post was almost meant as a joke, but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So maybe I should do that again just to be safe. Because if you're asking me today, where will Nicholas Harbor end up? I'm going to predict it right now. I think he is going to choose South Carolina as the number one Gamecocks insider on the internet. I'm here to tell you that Nicholas Harbor is going to put on that South Carolina hat tomorrow. Go ahead, take it to the bank. And once it happens, you are more than welcome to come back to me with the lottery numbers for this week. I'm more than happy to help you out. But I'm telling you here as the number one insider, Nicholas Harbor is going to choose South Carolina. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm confident. Would it shock me if he picked Oregon? Not necessarily, but I, I feel good about it. I do feel good. I think from what I've seen, I feel like most of the Gamecock fans that are saying he is not going to come to South Carolina, it looks like more so to me that most of them are just protecting their feelings and protecting their emotions versus like they actually have real inside scoop that says that says he's going to pick Oregon. Like and, and I and I get that, right? Keep if if you if you keep your expectations low, right? If you keep your expectations low, then you can't get heartbroken or 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 you can't be let down. Right? Do you not I'm sure again Bruin Nation, you're locked in on Twitter. I feel like I'm seeing that from a lot of people where it's like they're just, they don't want to, they, they don't want to get their hopes up, right? Because they don't want to get heartbroken again, basically. That, that's, that's what it more so looks like to me. I mean, I look at it this way. If you get Nicholas Harbor, goes without saying how big of a pickup it is. I mean, if you don't, you still had a really great class. And it's not like he's going to Georgia or he's going to the rival. He's going to Oregon. I mean, if he goes to Oregon, so be it. Wish him luck. I mean, it, it is what it is. But it's, it's not going to break the South Carolina football program. But would it be a huge pickup? Absolutely. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, 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 uh, I, it, it, you know, what's nice about it that no matter what, the class is, is really good. You know, one player, I think, doesn't make or break how good the class is, right? So it almost feels like you're playing with a little bit of house money going into tomorrow. A am I wrong for feeling that way? I feel like you're playing with house money. I really do. I don't think you have much to lose. You got a lot to gain, not a whole lot to lose. So, but Bruin Nation, to your point, yes, if I clip that little 15-second rant I just went on about per sources as the number one Gamecock insider, and I might do it, Bruin Nation, just to watch Twitter crumble. It, sometimes it's just fun to watch Twitter crumble. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's fun. <laughs> and some, sometimes it's just fun to let people show, like, their, their foolishness. You know what I'm saying? Like, on... And especially when it's something as lighthearted as what I just said, like it, it, it's not even a big deal. Nah, man, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm not in the, I'm not in the purse sources game. I'm not in the insider game. It's so funny when I, when I, when I see people or I hear about people commenting that, 
they they try to take shots at TSUS because they're like he he thinks he's some insider, you know. He says he's, and I'm like, I literally don't think that. I've said that so many times. Now, inevitably, when you build up a platform and, and an entity, you're going to run into information, right? People want to tell you things, but like, guys, I can tell you this: I have heard a hundred times more than what I've ever said. Because it's, it's just like I'm not in the per-sources insider game. That's not really my lane. Like, I'm not – you know what I mean? Like, I, that's not how I make a living. I'm an opinion guy. My, my – my, the way that I view, like, Nicholas Harbor's commitment, more valuable to me than knowing where he's going is my reaction to where he goes. You see what I'm saying? The reaction, like, that content is more valuable to me than just being like, I know where he's going and I'm not going to tell you. Like, I just, I don't get my rocks off on that. And and I knew coming up, too, that, and that's, you know, I, I knew coming up when I first started this, number one, I, I never was, like, a, a message board guy. I never was. And it's no disrespect to those guys, but I just, I, I didn't care to that level, right, where I just, I felt the need to know, like, immediately. I felt the need to know things others didn't know. And so, I more so, again, followed the Barstool model where those guys, they're not insiders either. They're just opinionated talk their shit, do their thing, say whatever. Um, and I'm so glad that I followed that path. Like, I'm, I'm so thankful that was what I was naturally gravitated towards. Because I'll tell you this, trying to make it, and especially starting out in the purse sources game, in the, um, in the insider game, is a really, really tough one, right? Because if you start at zero, like, even if, you have real sources. No matter what, people are going to assume you're stealing information. Like, no matter what. You know? So, unfor- and, and so, I mean, the only way I'd say, unless you're willing to, to take the criticism and take the heat, and I mean, that's you kind of have to do that no matter what, but you got to be willing to do that because people are going to come at you. People are going to come at you. They, they, just, they just are. They're going to assume you're stealing information. They're going to assume you're, you know, you're doing this, doing that, whatever. There's no way you have those sources, right? Like, I think people, one of the reasons they do that is because they just hate the thought that these people know something they don't. It's like, who are they to know something I don't? You know what I mean? But if it's Gamecock Central, the Big Spur, well, I mean, oh, you know, they're the, they're the, they're the Gamecock Central, the Big Spur, you know? But if it's just some, if, if I say it, you know, if I say it, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's just the fact that, who is he to have an insider? And I don't have an insider. There's no way that slap dick has an insider, right? Like, it's just such an ego dick measuring contest that I'm, I'm so glad that I'm not a part of. And again, that's no disrespect because some dudes do get their rocks off on that. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of these guys that they, they just, they, they, they get a hard on following these 16-year-olds around in recruiting and figuring out exactly how they felt on their visit and this, that, and whatever. And it's like, I mean, I you know, it's it's fun to follow, don't get me wrong, but I'm just glad that uh, it's not really my – it's just not my lane. It's not my lane to that degree, to that degree. Although, when you're having the success you're having in recruiting uh, that Shane Beamer is, it makes following recruiting uh, a lot more fun, I would say. It makes following recruiting a lot more fun when you're having the success, and especially when the guys are panning out. That's what killed me in the Muschamp days. That's what killed me in the Muschamp days and got me out of following recruiting so closely is because um, – you know, you, you you spend years following prospects, and they get on campus, and they just don't pan out. You know, they just don't pan out. So, um, yeah. Anyways, 
glad that's not the case anymore. Shane Beamer doing, I, I mean, I, I really think when it's all said and done, Shane Beamer, I, I mean, he's recruiting unlike anybody ever has here. I mean, really, truly. I, I don't even think Steve Spurrier was recruiting to that level. So, um, anyways. eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. It looks like Desmond, you and Nick Harbor were on Instagram live together. How about that? Lynn Turner says many of those insiders also said Lloyd and Big Tree were going to Maryland together. How about it? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, quote unquote insiders, right? And and, and I'll say this. It, it's all due respect. Because, hey, our, our rivals 24-7 on three, those folks, those folks have made a great living. They've made a great living uh, off of that, the message board, the message board uh, structure. And there's value to it. There's value to it. But I think why TSUS, why we're so successful, I think we actually fit into the sphere very well. Not that we're necessarily trying to fit in, but I think folks can still subscribe to the Gamecock Centrals and the Big Spurs of the world while also, you know, for for your recruiting information, for your inside info. And then you've got TSUS, which is more so like your opinions, your analysis, your, you know, what have you. So I I, I think it's actually, we we... We compliment those guys very well, and they compliment us very well, and it's and it's so it's one of those things that you know I, I I'm really happy with the path we've chosen. I'll I'll just say that, very very happy with the path we've chosen. Um. Anyways, guys, let's see. Looks like y'all fell asleep in the comments. We're just waiting on the comments. I don't know what's going on. Um, again, really excited for the game tonight. Gamecocks taking on Mississippi State. Should be a fun one. Again, I've got 67 to 60. Sixty-seven to sixty. Mississippi State getting the dub. Let's see. John, what's up, my guy? Appreciate you tuning in. John, did you hear per sources? Uh, Nicholas Harbor picking the Gamecocks. That's per sources, my guy. I, tweet out all the eyeball emojis, my guy. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's going on, my guy? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm having a good day over here in North Dakota. You're saying oh, your last day in what now? I'm doing fantastic in, here in Monk's Corner. How are you doing in Greenville? Very nice. I'm doing well, my friend. Doing very well. Appreciate you asking. <laughs> Good old Monk's but, Corner. Uh, what a spot. I, what a spot. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say give my, ten, my, my five or ten cents on the whole recruiting thing, right? Now, do I? Do I somewhat keep up with recruiting? Yes, I do. But I also know at the end of the day, I'm not the one recruiting said players. So I really honestly don't care who we get as long as they're a good football player. I don't give – I don't care. Okay? If they're going to be here for 
three three years, then by all means, come on. I don't. I I don't. I I just. I don't really keep up with it too much. But like I have said, just about every time, I'm gonna just let Beamer cook and let him do the recruiting because he's pretty darn good at it and he's proven it in the past. So. Let Beamer cook, my guy. Just, just let him cook. Just let, it, just let him in the kitchen. Give him the ingredients and let him cook. All right, let him do his thing. Okay. I mean, people are freaking out over over this whole thing. Okay. Like, do y'all not? Do the fans not remember who he got to come to South Carolina? The players that he got to come to South Carolina, even though yes, Spurrier probably had a lot to do with it, but he, but Beamer got Stephon Gilmore. Marcus Lattimore, Jadavion Clowney. I mean, the list goes on and on of the players from 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 the state of South Carolina that he got to come to South Carolina, okay? Which is why I do not make it that big of a deal whenever it comes to recruiting. I'm just going to let Beamer cook, okay? Just let him in the kitchen, give him the ingredients, and let him, damn it, cook. <clears throat> I love that. Let him chef it up. Exactly. Give him the chef's hat. Give him the give him the menu and let him cook. Okay, like it's like because will I keep up with what goes on tomorrow? Yeah, most likely yes, I will. But like I said, at the end of the day, us as fans, we do not have control over who comes to the school. Mm. If he if he decides to go somewhere else. Godspeed and good luck. Don't let the door hit you with a good lord split you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and and also, I <laughs> does does our men's basketball team play tonight? Did I hear you correctly? Yes, sir. Earlier? Mississippi State, Robbie Davis. Oh they, they got Mississippi God. State at the CLA. Gamecocks are nine and a half point underdogs. I've got, I've got uh, sixty-seven to sixty Mississippi State. I think the Gamecocks will cover, but uh, that's about all they'll do tonight. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I, I, I think it's going to be a long and painful two hours at the CLA. If there's any fans that are going to the game tonight, <clears throat> God be with you because it's going to be ugly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just really, ugly. I'm just really curious with how this team bounces back, bounces back on a serious note. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just uh, after that tough loss at Georgia, right, and you come home to your your, your home floor. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, it's a six thirty on a Tuesday. There, there might there might be outside of the parents of the players, there might be about a hundred folks in there just got some free tickets and enjoying some basketball. <laughs> That's about it though, my guy. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um I not gonna be a I whole think, lot. Not gonna be a whole I, lot. I, I honestly I think that I think at some point we will bounce back. I just don't see a reason to wear I don't see a reason to pick us to win I mean I want to pick us to win don't get me wrong I do okay 
but I'm like, I'm think, also thinking to myself, like, like as as if I'm like betting on the game or if I had money on it, I'm like, would I truly, honestly pick us to win? Really? If I had money on it? No. Which is why I think that the that I think I think we'll cover. I think we will cover the spread. So I got it sixty nine to sixty dogs. Sixty nine to sixty dogs. I love it. So. You're normally right too, Robbie. You're normally right. Hey, I, I daggum told you we were going to lose Georgia, and what happened? Sure enough, they did. <laughs> like at this point, I would take a free spot on the coaching staff if they gave it to me. Ugh, Lordy, have mercy. We could use you. We could use you, Robbie. Hey, I'm free. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't got nothing else better to do. Shoot, I can watch film, look for weaknesses and all that jazz. I don't care. And you already know it wouldn't take much. <laughs> Indeed. No, just just a couple couple bucks. A couple bucks, a couple Zaxby's <laughs> gift cards. Robbie Davis is in. Oh man! And let's see what the, we got. What? How many more days till baseball season? Seventeen. Seventeen, my guy. Seventeen. All right, almost two whole. We got almost two whole weeks. I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, listen, not 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 next week, but the following is the week of opening day. So. Let's go. I'm so happy. Let's go. And like I've said, I'm not really a big baseball player, but I do love watching baseball. So if if there's ever a game on TV, which obviously baseball is not on TV, college baseball is not on TV that much until like the Supers and all that jazz. But if there ever is a game on TV, I will be watching it. That's for sure. But until then, I'll be listening to him from first pitch till it is over. Yeah, I'm looking for forward sure. to it, Robbie. Very, very excited for baseball season. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, man, I'm fired up. I'm fired up for it. Yeah, you're a baseball guy. Of course, you're fired up. Baseball junkie, man. I'm, I'm sitting there listening to D1 Baseball's <laughs> podcast and my guys over at 11.7 and, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. For sure, for sure. I mean, we need something to we need something to pull. We need something that at least is probably it's gonna it's gonna at least hopefully be decent. I mean, our girls basketball teams doing what they usually do, kicking butt and taking names and chewing bubble gum and running out of bubble gum. The guys basketball team is garbage. I mean, we need something to pull for. <laughs> so, I'm ready, man. 
All right, man. I'm going to go ahead and jump over here. All right, Robbie. Hey, I appreciate you, you my guy. Rest of your day. Yeah, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. You too, buddy. Yep. All right, brother. Go Cox and to hell with Clemson. I love it. Poetic as always, Robbie. I appreciate you. All right, buddy. Yeah, man. You too. All right, brother. Later. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. Legend. Absolute legend. Um, Kaki Tuan says, Chris, I've checked out on the men's basketball team. You and damn near everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, apparently uh, Nicholas Harbert was on Instagram Live with Desmond Umiazulu. So, is that a good sign? We'd like to think so. We'd like to think so. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into another break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. Of course, it is Nicholas Harbor Decision Day Eve, and the eyeball emojis are officially out. The eyeball emojis are officially out. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> oh my God. It's it's just I, I would just say just lighten up, Francis. John Edward asked me on Twitter what's going on. John Edward, nothing's going on, man. I'm just I'm just I'm I'm just having fun, man. That's it. I'm just having fun, bro. We're just we're just having a good old time. So, anyways, um, Everybody excited for the decision tomorrow. I, I do feel confident the Gamecocks have a great shot at landing Nicholas Harbor on a serious note. I would not sit here and say it's 100% by any means. I mean, it's, you know, Nick Harbor's kept the recruitment really close to the best, but why not? Why not the Gamecocks? I mean, I, I you know, it's, it's, I think we're more so concerned about like Nike money and what they can offer in regards to track and, and all that stuff, but, um, you know, I think South Carolina's got a lot to offer, too. And, uh, you know, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see. And, again, I, I don't doubt Shane Beamer and company. I mean, why would you? At this point, why would you doubt Shane Beamer? Coleman Hall says, is anybody less excited with recruiting? He says, I mean, there's no guarantee they'll be at South Carolina for more than a year, given how popular the portal is. Yeah, Coleman, I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. That has not really sunk in for me yet I guess um you know especially with I really like to think that the guys that Beamer is recruiting are not going to be as quick to jump ship now again I think it's always going to be a thing where and it should be where if guys aren't playing and they can go better their their situation elsewhere then you know they they uh they should go do that right I mean guys don't want to just ride the pine for four years I totally get that I think you'll see far less of the Jordan Birch, Jaheim Bell, Marshawn Lloyd situations when they are Shane Beamer's players, right? I, I think that was a situation, too, where, you know, fans ask about loyalty and question loyalty. They, they had no loyalty to Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer was just a guy that came in that made the best of what he could with them, specifically during his time there. But they, they had no loyalty to him. That, that, that wasn't their coach that recruited them, right? So – um, I, I just, you know, it, it, it doesn't kill it for me because I assume the guys that enter the portal will be guys that don't play anyways. And I think South Carolina, even if you lose a starter or two in a year-in-year-out basis, 
I think South Carolina will be a bigger beneficiary from the portal than they are hurt by it, if that makes sense. So um, it, it doesn't, but you know, I, I'm someone Coleman to be fair. I'm someone Coleman to be fair that, that I, you know, I get excited about recruiting, but maybe not at the level of some others. And again, is that blasphemous for me to say being in my position? Maybe so, but it's worked out pretty well to this point. But, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's obviously important. Recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. But to me, it's like, all right, those stars are great and everything, but what do you do now when you put on the pads and you, and you get to Carolina and you're playing SEC football, right? That's, that's, that's more so what I care about. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's, that's where I sit. But, no, I, I would say my interest and excitement for recruiting is still pretty much the same, but um, I get where you're coming from. I, I, I do get where you're coming from. Coleman Hall says, I expected a bigger mass exodus of must champions of life once Beamer got here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Shane Beamer did all he could to convince guys to stay, um, all while, you know, setting a new expectation and a new standard, if you will, and changing the culture. So, And I think that's the thing people do not factor into it. You know, they don't factor in the fact that, you know, it's still not his roster. It, it's 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 becoming more so his roster, but it's, it's, you know, when he took over the job, you know, it's a big piece, taking a bunch of guys that were with a previous coach, and convincing them to do things your way and, and, and getting them to trust you and, and things of that nature. So, you know, that, that's, that's, they've done a great job of that. They've done a huge, you know, a, a, just a great, great job of that, of, of, of getting guys bought in, if you will. And I know Chris Lee of Southeastern 14, he talked about that. He talked about that earlier in the show. So, you know, it's a fantastic job by Beamer, and you got to tip your cap and give credit where credit's due. And, and again, they've done a great job, so – uh, anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Travis says, was Gilbert Edmond a must-champ recruit? Actually, I think Gilbert Edmond was a Beamer recruit, correct? Wasn't Edmond a Beamer recruit? I don't know. Uh, let me see. Maybe he was a must-champ. Um, let's see. No, he was a must champ. Excuse me. He committed February 2020. So he was the class of 2020. So I think technically he signed. Yeah, he signed in that 2020 class. That was Beamer's first class. But, so I mean, he wasn't really a Beamer recruit. I mean, he signed in that class, but yeah. So, yeah, he was recruited by Mike Peterson, Travaris Robinson. Yes, yeah, so he was a must champ recruit for sure. Yeah, for sure. Just ended up just ended up signing with the Gamecocks once Beamer took over. So, yeah, the only one was Stog was a Beamer transfer, as Austin Gregory points out. So, indeed. Anyways, guys, excited for the ball game tonight. Gamecocks taking on Mississippi State. Uh, podcast will drop Thursday. By the way, we will continue along with our Yardcocks breakdown. We'll talk short stops <clears throat> on the show on. Thursday. I'll probably drop a graphic tomorrow with the full breakdown of the Gamecocks infielders going into opening day. Uh, also, guys, we're working on finalizing our tour dates for the spring tour. Should be hearing back from Carolina Alehouse very, very soon. Also, we are going to drop the graphic probably tomorrow. Uh, probably tomorrow and run it for about five days or so in regards to our ticket giveaway. We're giving away a pair of tickets to the South Carolina LSU women's basketball game that is upcoming, and that is going to be a big one, folks. So be sure you stay tuned. We'll run it through Instagram. 
Um, it'll probably be like our normal giveaways, like this post, tag three friends. You must follow the Spurs Up show and a specific Carolina Alehouse page to be eligible. And uh, we will give those tickets away early next week. And, yeah, looking forward to giving those away. Really excited for it. It's uh, It'll be a great game, obviously. You know, I think the hope is that both teams will still be undefeated. And um, What is LSU ranked? I haven't looked at the AP Top 25, but I would assume – I mean, I would assume they're a top five team, right? I mean, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if they're not. Um, let's see. We got the AP Top 25 right here. Yeah, LSU's third. Okay. Yep, LSU is 20-0, and 0, sitting at third. Stanford's second, 21-2, and 2, and then South Carolina – at 21 and 0. So um, <clears throat> let's see who else. Top 10 Indiana, Yukon, Iowa, Utah, Maryland, Notre Dame, and Ohio State are your top 10 in women's college basketball. So that'll be a huge game, though. Excited to give away that pair of tickets. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Mm mm mm. Austin Gregory, LSU is 21-0, and Tennessee fans are praying that they beat us. Austin, why are Tennessee fans praying? Is that because they need us to lose to what? I, I haven't looked at the standings, to be honest with you. Uh, Evan Slane, anything new about Mazio Bennett? No, nothing concrete, nothing of that nature. No, I haven't heard anything that you probably haven't heard or anything like that, so no. Bruin Nation, I wonder how many of Muschamp's guys are left on the roster. Can't be many. I'd say Beamer probably has 60 to 80% of his guys going into next season, including his transfers. Yeah. I mean, every year that passes, the, the roster becomes more and more his. And, you know, by by his fourth or fifth year, it'll be entirely his roster, which will be which will be really cool to see, right? It'll be cool to see what this thing looks like when it's all Beamer's guys. So, Coleman Hall says, to be clear, I totally understand players who are riding the pine, underperforming, and have their coach fired. Or more honestly, for whatever reason, don't want to be here. Yeah, I mean, it happens. It happens. It does happen, believe it or not. That's that's something that I know for fans, it's kind of hard to wrap their brains around. But there's some guys that there's some guys that that come to come to Carolina and you know, it's it's just maybe not what they thought it was gonna be. You know, they don't they don't they don't have the experience that some it they don't have the experience that some other folks or some other guys do. So it is what it is. You just keep it moving and and go from there. So, anyways, guys, anything you're excited to see in the game tonight? Basketball. Is anybody paying attention to basketball? Um, <laughs> I I know it's I I know it's a tough state of affairs, man. I know it's a tough state of affairs. It's it's. Yep, you need Hayden Brown. No, I tell you that you need Hayden Brown to ball out. That's for sure. Um, when you look at Mississippi State, Mississippi State is 13 and 8, 1 and 7 in the SEC. Same as South Carolina. Uh, their head coach is Chris Jans, his seventh season at Mississippi State. Uh, their top scorer is this Smith kid, 14.4 points per game. He's also their leading rebounder, 8.2 points per game. Let's see if we can find team stats. Here we go. Mississippi State averaging scoring 65.6 points per game. Uh, they give up 59.4 points per game. So they play pretty good defense. Yeah, they're eighth in the country in defense, which does not bode well for us. Get this, guys. The Gamecocks are 331st in the country 
offensively, scoring 64.3 points per game. They are 283rd defensively, allowing 73.4 points per game. Carolina is 343rd in college basketball in field goal percentage, 39.6%. They are 333rd nationally in uh, opponents' field goal percentage at 47.1%, 282nd in three-point field goal percentage at 32.1%, uh, 270th in opponent three-point field goal percentage, 35.2%. The Gamecocks are also 329th in college basketball at free throw percentage at 64.6%. I mean, these numbers are ugly. <laughs> these, these numbers really tell the tale, don't they? These numbers really tell the tale of how rough this season has been. So, golly. Woo! Oh, is this is this Jan's? Let me see. Was that incorrect? Um, I thought it said first season. What did it say? My guy, it is not. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. Because you're saying it's year one for him. Okay, no, it, I guess it. Okay, yeah, it is. I, I think the notes then that USC released were wrong because it's saying seventh year. Like he's been there for a while. Okay, so, th so this is... So he is a new coach. All right, all right. I I was confused then. I, I don't know. The notes were wrong. The notes were just flat out wrong. God. Lad Brian's trying Brian's trying to start <laughs> trying to start a war on TDC. He says those numbers are almost as bad as Logan's resume. <laughs> <laughs> Lattimore, you shut up and let Loggins cook. That's hysterical, dude. That is so funny. Let Loggins cook, laddie. Let Loggins cook. Shulman, we did beat Clem Sucks. That really is the silver lining of this season. Yeah, no slander to King Dowell. All hail Dowell Loggins. All hail Dowell Loggins. Anyways. Wow. KFC in Africa says Paris is trash. No fundamentals. KFC, is it is it Lamont Paris or do we not have good players? Or do we not have enough good players? James Kendall says, do we have a new nutritionist yet? Oh, God, nutritionist Gates officially on. Apparently, the rumor, I, I don't know if it's a rumor, if it actually happened, but I think Nebraska is taking our nutritionist or something like that. All is doomed, James. But, hey, my uh, my way too early prediction just changed from 9-3 and three to 7-5 and because we lost our nutritionist. Yep. 
Bruin Nation, this basketball season's equivalent to that 1-11 season, but we, hey, we beat Clem Sucks that we always ask about. I mean, Bruin Nation, think of how much more miserable this season would be had we lost to them, right? Think about how much more miserable this season would have been had we lost to them. I mean, really, like, that is the, that is the one saving grace of year one of Lamont Paris. I mean, really, truly. Lynn Turner says, is the nutritionist dating sat? Heck, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with nutritionist gate. I have no idea. I have no clue. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. Again, really excited for tomorrow. Um, Zach, Har- I think I... Let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines. Call from... Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. What about you? I am doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Uh, yeah, so um, what, what time does uh, Nicholas Harbor come in tomorrow? Yeah, so it'll be um, on ESPN2. They are airing at 1 o'clock a National Signing Day special. It's a one-hour special. So sometime within that 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. hour, uh, Nicholas Harbor will announce live on ESPN two, so tomorrow afternoon. Okay, okay. And uh, so, what you thinking about uh, next season for basketball? Do you think uh, Paris will do any better? Well, my friend, they got to revamp the roster. I mean, that's just that's that's it. They got to go out and get some talented players. Um, I think hammering the transfer portal is going to be something they have to do. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I think it's going to be a slow build. I, I, I don't know how much better it's going to get, how quickly, you know, that's going to happen. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't – I like Lamont Paris. You know, I, I don't dislike Lamont Paris at all, obviously. But uh, I think it's an uphill climb, no doubt. I think it's an uphill climb. And, and, and you know, I'll, I'll just say this. Like, I don't think the NCAA tournament's happening next year, you know, unless they were to really do a job in revamping the roster. I don't think it's happening next year, though. So we'll see, man. Yeah, it's, no, it's 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 no. tough to project. You know, admittedly, I don't I don't follow basketball recruiting like that. Um, but I think they're going to have to hammer the portal, man. I really do. Uh, you need some guys that can come in and play and play immediately and be impact guys immediately. And you know, uh, uh, Lamont Paris admitted to Mike Morgan in like a in like a call in show that uh, yeah, I wish I'd have hammered the portal harder. Well, they need to do that. They need to do that. Bottom line. Sure. So yeah, we will uh, we will see, but. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's. I think it's going to take a couple of years to to really build it till you got something you're you're really cooking with. Yeah, that's the same thing. The same thing. The same thing for any other sport. Um, mm-hmm. I I've been kind of getting into a little bit of college football or college basketball, and I I mean, I'm trying to. I mean, I'm I'm not really huge on basketball like I used to be, but. Uh, well, this yeah, is a this is I'm a really this is a really tough season to be all in on South Carolina basketball. We'll just put it that way. It's it's, I mean it's it's and it's one of those things. Again, I, I don't blame anybody because there's so many games and the season's so long. When you when you're a bad basketball team or even baseball, I mean it's just it's it's grueling. 
to follow every single game. It's it's grueling. It's it's really tough. So I don't blame anybody that you know is is the interest has waned a little bit. I mean, it's when the product's as porous as it's been this year. It's just just almost un- unwatchable. But uh, you know, we will you know we'll we'll continue to to tune in and hopefully it turns around. But uh, yeah, we shall see. Without doubt, uh, man. One more question uh, for Coach Beamer. I know, um, I know you said someone. I think it was like a week ago. I'm not sure. I can't. I'm not sure how long ago it was, but I know he said someone about Welcome Home 2023. I'm not sure if that was for that wide receiver from uh, Memphis. Um, was that was that for him? I don't know, honestly. I, I don't recall which one you're talking about. Um, I don't know, but I, I think all of his Welcome Homes. If I remember correctly, I think they're they're all accounted for. Um, which, by the way, there's a fantastic Twitter account, Welcome Home Tracker on Twitter. He does a great job. I mean, I don't know who this is, I no idea, but he does a fantastic job keeping track of it. Um, let's see, where is he's got the 2024. No, I know you said I don't about know 23. Like, a, yeah, I, I don't a few days ago. Or... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I, you know, it's it's honestly hard to keep up with all the welcome homes, man. I mean, we'll find out when they sign, I guess. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know, man. So, hopefully it's for Nick Harbor. Hopefully it's for Nick Harbor. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow needs to hurry. I mean, damn, I, I heard Oregon's having a fight with us and everything. I just hope he doesn't. What's so special about Oregon? I don't get it. I mean, I, I know his girl. I heard his girl, you know, goes to goes to our school, and I don't know. I, I don't get why you would go to a different school, you know, far away from your girl or something like that. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm sure they're selling him on. You know, they they they've got a good football program. Let's let's call it for what it is. And uh, they've got Nike money, and they they've got a fantastic track facility and. So they've got a lot to offer, but, uh, I, you know, I feel confident about South Carolina's chances. I really do. Um, and Shane Beamer has shown us time and time again that when you doubt him or, or you think that, you know, you, you've got him figured out or, or what have you, they just – he finds a way to surprise you, right? So I, I would not be surprised if all at all if the Gamecocks uh, do indeed land Harbor. I, I do feel good about it. Like I said, I mean, I, I think South Carolina's put themselves in a great position. I'm not saying it's 100%, but – I'd go 70%. Like I told Mark Ryan yesterday, I would say a 7 out of 10 is kind of where I sit. Um, but uh, I think the Gamecocks have got just as good a shot to land him as as anybody else. And, you know, it just feels like there's a lot of smoke right now, a lot of smoke that, uh, you know, a lot of folks are leaning the South Carolina direction. So we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to – and this is the first time in quite a while I can really recall keeping up with a recruits announcement like this. So uh, tomorrow will be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I appreciate it, man. That's all I need. Hunter, you're the man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, Bye. sir. Thanks for the call. Great stuff from our friend Hunter, guys. That being said, we are going to jump into one final break here on this Tuesday. The final day of January, by the way. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. <clears> Thank <throat> you. 
All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, final 11 minutes or so here on the Daily Crow. Uh, let's see here. Austin Gregory says on the Nick Harbor note, I'm not buying that he goes to Oregon solely for track purposes. It's not an accurate depiction of where our program stacks up against theirs as ours is projected to finish the season with a higher ranking. Austin, we'll we'll have to hear it from him. We'll have to hear it from him. Um, Yeah, I see people talking about would they take Bronny James or whatever, LeBron James' son. Uh, let's see. I mean, are we even remotely in the conversation for him? Like, is it like, is this, is this just purely, I'm assuming this is just like purely a hypothetical, right? Like this isn't, this isn't, uh, an actual realistic thing. Correct. Because I will say this, uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't follow the moves that Le- LeBron James makes closely like some do. Like, I, th- I think it's weird, honestly, how some people hate LeBron James to the level in which they do. And, uh, yeah, I would 1,000% take Bronny James on South Carolina's roster. Yeah, it, it, for, for, for anybody to insinuate that would somehow be a negative to me is is kind of kind of crazy. Um, Yeah, I'd take Bronny James in a freaking heartbeat. I'd take Bronny James in a heartbeat. So, uh, let's see. Somebody said, who is, who is Chris Edwards? Who, who is this guy? Who, who is Chris Edwards, my guy? Who is that? Final Oklahoma State OU Bedlam game in Stillwater. I'll be November 4th. Uh, Bedlam series will end for foreseeable future when OU joins the SEC in 2025. Okay. Big news there on that front. Also, the Senior Bowl is going on. Senior Bowl practice, I should say. Not the actual bowl game itself, but the Senior Bowl practice is going on. Let's see. College football news drops a ton of predictions for games. Let's I doubt I'd be shocked if they have one for South Carolina Mississippi State. Yeah, I don't see one. I'd I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned if they took their time to make a prediction for a, a game featuring a pair of teams that are one in seven in the conference, right? I just I don't see that. I mean, big wash. It just the, the the notoriety it would bring to South Carolina basketball would be worth whatever negatives you think there'd be in bringing Bronny James to Columbia. Like it, it just it would it would change the way that it's viewed, the way that South Carolina basketball is viewed. Yeah, Bruin Nation. I, I tell you this: if there was a way. Um, to ML to to mod MLB the show twenty two. Let's see.
If there was a way to mod it on MLB The Show 22, I, I would I would do it. I would absolutely do it. I don't know that there is, though. I really don't know that there is. Yeah, we've got a really good track program, as far as I know. Yeah, I, I think we're in good position in regards to that with Nick Harbour. So, yeah. Anyways, guys, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, that 1 to 2 hours when Nicholas Harbour will make his decision. And so let's figure this out tomorrow. We've got Mark Ryan on the show, 12, 15 or so. I, I say we just do the normal daily crow. I think here's what we do. We're going to stay live. We're going to go noon to two as normal. And if if some reason Nick Harbour's decision comes like right at two o'clock, which I don't think it will, but if it comes, say, right at two o'clock, you know, we might run a little bit over just giving reaction to that decision. But I say we run it as normal. We'll have Mark on as normal. And I'm going to check and see if I can throw it on the TV behind me. If not, I will have it pulled up beside me and we'll be reacting together to it. You guys will get my live reaction to what Nicholas Harbor decides. So let's do that. Let's do that. We will do that. Um, again, I will check in and just see um, I will check in and see if we can stream it behind me. I, I'd like to do that. So I, I just need to confirm, make sure they won't rip the video down. Yes, Travi, the old NCAA baseball game was incredible. Austin Gregory, yes, I will be live when he announces. Just said that. Um, Lane Puckett says, Chris, do you enjoy Beamer's balls? Uh, lately, I've enjoyed Beamer ball very much, my friend. Thank you for asking. I've enjoyed it very much. Great question. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, Austin Gregory, I, I think that we should be good to throw on the TV. I've just got to double check. I've just got to double check. Again, guys, appreciate you all the love and support. Hey, TSUS.store, like I mentioned, hey, opening day is 17 days away. You're going to need your merchandise. Check out our Yardcocks collection over at TSUS.store. TSUS.store. We've also got the Heisman merch, H-E-7-S-M-A-N. We got the 7 plus 3 merch. We got the Beamer Rattler 2023 merch, which I know a lot of you have already taken advantage of. Uh, so, again, appreciate y'all. Austin Gregory, do you have a graphic prepared for if you choose a South Carolina to bar? You know, I, I was kind of going back and forth. I might just repost the graphic that he throws up. I'll probably more so just throw up my reaction video. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I may have a graphic. I mean, I, a graphic to your point, Austin would do really, really well. Um, 
So I'm sure, yeah, we'll cook something up. Now, now that you say that, my guy, we'll cook something up. We will cook something up. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll get on my guy, Reese Creative. Yep, just I just shot him a text. I know he'll be down. So, yeah, we'll have a graphic ready to go. We'll have a graphic ready to go, literally pending, just boom, send as soon as he, as soon as he commits. So, Hunter Kelly, Harbor will be an offensive weapon, a playmaker. Uh, you know, maybe officially on the t- on the on the roster, he'll be listed as a tight end, but uh, he he will play offense. Um, I think he'll be used kind of. He, he'll be what Jaheim Bell wanted to be. We'll put it that way. Nicholas Harbor will be a one thousand times better version of what Jaheim Bell strived to be, and that's honestly not even meant as a slight. It's just calling a spade a spade. Nicholas Harbor is that good of a player. He's that talented of an athlete. So I think he'll be sort of a Swiss Army knife all over the place. You know, he obviously wants to stay lean to play offense so he can run track as well. He wants to keep that same body type. So I, I think however way they can utilize him as a weapon, um, they will do it. But uh, he's a guy that definitely you want to get the football in his hands. I, absolutely. When you got that world-class speed, if you will, um, yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, Brian Lattimore says, I saw somewhere he was set to announce in his high school gym at 1 p.m., so hoping he'll kick off that ESPN hour. Yeah, hopefully he does. That would be awesome. <clears throat> that would be incredible. That would be absolutely incredible if that were the case. Uh, be looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, getting the live reaction stuff. That'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Kemper says, does Nick's announcement graphic look like he's wearing an Oregon uniform to you? Uh, Let's see. No, so what that is, Kemper, that is the Under Armour All-American game uniform. That is the Under Armour All-American game uni. So, and that's taken just from his Instagram. So, no, that's that's not, no, that's that's not a... Oregon Uni. I mean, I can see why because of the neon green, but no, that's just, uh, you know, that that's just from that Under Armour All-American game. Guys, we have hit 2 o'clock. We've hit 2 o'clock. Hey, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Uh, again, stay tuned to all the content. Content bleeding out the eyeballs. we got the basketball game tonight, so I'll leave you with this. Go Cox. Beat Mississippi State. And we will talk to you all tomorrow. Y'all take care. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com